Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Morning. And Nathan. Hello. How are we doing? Excellent, because it's Easter Sunday oh, that we're recording on. I see what you oh. did there. <laughs> Very good. I'm wasted. <laughs> well, you were. I'm not wasted. Like, no, I'm, I mean, my talents are wasted, but I'm wasted. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. No, we know what you mean. We know what you mean. Yeah. We know, if we, we re- know what happened last rewind week. Rewind to 12 hours ago, roughly, you would have been correct. Yeah. And I'm just going to say, you are a terrible, terrible influence. When we get presented with gaming-related shots and cocktails, I just can't help myself. We, we, we should explain to the boys and girls listening. So, basically, we went to the Meltdown Gaming Bar last night here in Sheffield. And Nathan just drank the bar dry <laughs> with cocktails and shots and pulled me alongside with him. <laughs> I'm gonna say he dragged me down with it. Yeah, it was it was too warm, wasn't it? Yeah, they were nice. That well, was... someone quite nice. The, the flash yeah, was quite nice. Um, Kirby was the Kirby shots. Oh, right. uh, hmm. Not sure about that one. Yeah, in hindsight, I should not have got eight of those. No, I would have enjoyed my Super Nintendo, but I think I I ran the like strawberry syrup dry pretty quickly out of it and then everything else was just gin and lemon it was like oh yeah okay. <laughs> like okay i've made a mistake <laughs> just there drinking the bottom of it like oh this is quite nice and then that yeah runs pretty much that like, was it oh. like go through the bottom and then once we go we're like oh no enough of our shenanigans last night shall we move on to the news let's do it um should we kick off with uh well e3 in it I think we we should probably start there, shouldn't we? Well, or not. Or not start. Not E3, yeah. yes. So E3 has officially been cancelled again this year. Possibly forever now. Well, I yeah. think we saw it coming, didn't we? Yes. The so we, on the wall. Yeah, we already knew Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo had all pulled out. And then I think it was Sega and Ubisoft also. And Ubisoft pulling out is a big one. Because, you know, they yeah, always have they're their... Yeah, like the next big one. Yeah, they always have their event thing. Uh, Ubisoft said this, while we initially intended to have an official E3 presence, we've made the subsequent decision to move in a different direction, and we'll be holding an Ubisoft Forward Live event on 12th of June in Los Angeles. We look forward to sharing more details with our players very soon. And I believe that's part of Summer Game Fest. Yeah, more than likely. I mean, they're the winners out of all this, aren't they? Mm. To be honest. So how all this happens, so basically an email got sent out to the Entertainment Software Association members or the ESA, uh, said that while E3 remains a beloved event and brand, that the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength and impact of our industry. And ESA issued the following public statement from Kyle Marsden Kish, the global VP of gaming at Repop, who was the organisation who took over doing E3. Uh, This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put towards making this event happen. But we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome. For those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry we couldn't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from Readpop's event experiences. I mean, the thing is, we've talked about E3's device a number of times now. Yeah, but this I think this is the clearest one now is that it's over, isn't yeah. it? Well, that's it. There's there's no market for it anymore. None of the big companies want to be part of it, and Summer Games Fest has taken its place. And I think that's it now. Yeah, and it is sad. I've people kind of mocking it. 
And I don't see why, because E3 gave us so much of its history. Well, that's it. I think it ran yeah. for nearly a quarter of a century, and that's fantastic for it to stay relevant for all that time. Yeah, it's like we, give we us could, so much. Yeah, it's like we could we could agree that maybe it should have, you know, changed over the years. I mean, that's essentially what Summer Game Fest is for, isn't it? It's Jeff mm. Keener deciding that he doesn't think E3 is going the way it should be, and so he decided to start doing this. And then obviously more people come on board with it because yeah. it's a more sort of digital focus thing, isn't it? Yeah. And that's the way of the world now. But I, I don't understand why some people have been laughing at E3. It, it just doesn't make any sense because E3 gave us so much over so many years. And anybody who knows anything about E3 has loved something from there. Whether yeah. it's like that God of War reveal, when they just went straight into the gameplay for like 10 minutes. And it's that that was amazing. Mm. And yeah, it's just it's just sad. But at least there's something in its place, isn't there? Summer Games Fest. Well, that's it, yeah. Because in the end, to us, it probably won't make that much of a difference. Because in the end, we're just watching a digital thing anyway. It's like, we're yeah. not going to it. Yeah. We're all like that, are we? Because if we're anything, not... all, all this is... I know it's sad that E3 is gone, but it's better for us. Because we yeah. get to see more. Yeah. And it's clearly better for the companies as well. Yeah. But it just is sad. You can't you can't say it's not. Do you, th- do you think they'll even attempt to do another one? No, I, I don't think so anymore. Now you've put the feelers out. I think they already, they already have been trying to do this one, and it's just not worked. Well, I think I think I remember I read something like um, usually by like the turn of the year, most of the plans are like set in place, and apparently with less than two months to go, companies weren't weren't even sure what they were they had. Like companies were asking each other, "Oh, you're going to E3?" and they were like, "I don't, I don't know." Mm. It's like, well, that's says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> but no. Sad, but not unexpected. Yeah. And now I guess some games fest will just grow. Yeah. I think could be the next <clears> three, <throat> mate. Yeah. E4. I think it's pretty much gone. Last TV show. <laughs> TV channel. E three square. Yeah, E three square. <laughs> I think on the companies that do want to have to be part of something bigger are already part of summer games fest, and the individual companies like. Sony and Nintendo, they just do their own thing now with yeah. their own showcases and events. It's weird because they all, they, all, they, they are doing stuff around the time when E3 is supposed to be. Because this, this is Ubisoft that said like, they're doing this event on 12th of June, which is when E3 was supposed to be. Mm. And um, who is it? Oh, somebody else announced they were going to do something on the Bethesda, I think. They're going to do their Starfield showcase thing around that time as well. Yeah, I believe so. So I probably won't make much that much difference to us as viewers. But I just think for the, the game industry as a whole, it meant a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think well, gaming would have become the success it was without E3. No, because that's the marquee event, isn't it? To, for yeah. everyone to showcase what they've got. But the industry's evolved. Yeah, that's the thing. Mm. Well, there you go. RIP E3. See what the future holds. Right, so I just want to give a quick PSA. So recently, God of War Ragnarok had an update and it's introduced New Game Plus. So if you, you want to... You, into... you, you jumping on that? Me personally? Not not just yet. <laughs> not just yet. But I've seen some videos of other people and it's absolutely hilarious because they go into the game Let with them. all the power-ups oh. and they're absolutely destroying the bosses. I think I need to do it just to give me that upper hand. Even though I've completed well, does, it already. Doesn't the 
Okay, but doesn't that increase the difficulty of the bosses? I would have thought. Not from what I've seen. Oh really? Okay. That's kind of why I imagine with New Game Plus you've got the option to select what difficulty you still want to go through it on. Yeah, I thought New Game Plus was like, oh, this is ultra hard. Well, I think you get the option to do ultra hard, but you can still choose the difficulty. You never get a choice. The thing is, I'd never really go into New Game Plus, so I don't know. I was I was assumed it was just like this is ultra hard mode, but you've got all your powers. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I would do on that if that's the case. <laughs> Slaughter everyone. That's it. See if you can do the game in yeah. ten but hours. I've already platinumed it, so I don't have anything to prove. You've already proved everything you need to. Hey, there, there might be new trophies since this uh, new game plus. You can go. Oh, for don't, it. don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> do you know what would be great? That's cheap. If so, they do sorry, that. Mark, but they strip you of your platinum if there's new new. <laughs> yeah, they strip you of your platinum. <laughs> yeah. well, they did that with. Um, Forbidden West, didn't they? Well, once they introduced the new game plus, they were like, "Oh, now we've got extra difficulties that have trophies tied to." Cheap, cheap tactic, if you ask me. Cheap tactic. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I suppose speaking of Ragnarok, something we actually missed out on completely—not did any predictions for anything—and the Bethesda Game Awards came and went pretty much. Bethesda. BAFTA Game Awards. Bethesda, Bethesda. Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for. The BAFTA Game Awards. <laughs> the Bethesda Game Awards. Skyrim all <laughs> the way. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, a little a little information on it prior to that was that um, God of War Ragnarok. 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 It's like Jeff Pasquale. <laughs> You'd think I was the one that was drinking about last night. Uh, <laughs> Ragnarok. We drink it this morning. Uh, yeah. So. God of War Ragnarok was yeah. apparently the most nominated game in BAFTA's history, with 14 total nominations. But it only came away with six. Only six. On the night. I, don't I think six is a fair number, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know whether to, to make you guess what awards it won, or if I just go through uh, right. each I'll game go, the winner. I'll go uh, Best Performer, Christopher Judge. I'm going to imagine he won. Yeah, you got the other one right. Best performer in a leading role. Uh, best music. Do let me look quickly. It did yes, music came with uh, music. Narrative. Narrative one. No. Ooh. Didn't come away with narrative. The game that won that one is called Immortality. So you've got two down. I'm trying to think of uh, the categories. I'll go through them. So there's yeah. uh, there's animation, revolving game, original property. Audio achievement, uh, game design, British game, probably not that one. Uh, artistic achievement, multiplayer, probably not that one. Uh, narrative, performing a supporting role, uh, music, ah, supporting role. The EE game of the year, technical achievement, family, probably not that one. Debut game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's about a father and son. Exactly, it's all about family. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Fellowship, so that's to an individual, so obviously not that one. Game Beyond Entertainment, uh, performing a leading role, and best game. So there's two. Yeah, EE Game of, game of the Year and Game of the Year. Yeah. I imagine it's won one or both. I, I literally know none of these awards. I think he's. I think he, EE Game I of the Year. It has won both. It did won win. Both. It did win EE Game of the Year. It but did not. not win Best Game of the Year. Is that Elden Ring? No. Is no. it straight? Not go to Elden Ring. 
<laughs> no, it's not gone to straight either. What were the other games? Horizon. No, I didn't go to Horizon. I don't think Horizon would win it, but that's the only other game I can think of. Uh, what else even released? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a major game. Or is it not? Oh, is it an indie game? Is it, is it a Plague Tale? I'm going to say it is an indie game that won it. It's not Ooh. Plague's Tale, no. Ooh. I wonder if you've actually heard about this game, because I've heard about it and I've been hearing raving reviews of it, but... Is it Fortnite? Oh, is it? Oh, what's, what's it called? No, now? not Fortnite. It's not the one with the... Um, it's not called the Lamb, is it? No. No. Shall I put you out of your misery? God. God. So, best game at the BAFTA Game Awards is Vampire Survivors. Ah, I've, I have heard of that. Mm. That's I was a surprised, strong actually, one for but... best game, though. Mm. Yeah, interesting one. The BAFTA so has I'll, always I'll been go a, f- like gone against the grain of that. Yeah, they always seem to pick like the indie darling sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, um, I, think because, I think because she's like an underdoggy. Well, we do, don't we? That's British. Um, I'll put you out of misery, so I'll go through the winners at all anyway. So, animation went to God of War, Red Rock, Fallen Game, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Original Property went to Elden Ring, Audio Achievement, Ragnarok, Game Design, Vampire Survivors, British Game went to Roll the Drum. Yay! One that you I like, love that game. That's a really good game. Artistic Achievement went to Tunic. Yeah. Multiplayer, surprisingly, Elden Ring. Excuse me? Yeah. Mm. I mean, there is co-op, so I can see it from that yeah. point of view, but I don't yeah. mm. call it like a multiplayer game. Yeah. Put an asterisk on that one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, spoke of narrative, went to Immortality. Performer in a supporting role went to Layla Delon Hayes as Ag- Agraboda. Is oh. that how you say? Agraboda. Yeah. Uh, again, music, Ragnarok, EE Game of the Year, Ragnarok, Technical Achievement, Horizon Forbidden West. Finally getting some recognition. So barely see it win any kind of awards. <laughs> no. Uh, just, it just gets swamped by other things, didn't it? Yeah. So family went to Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Debut game, Tunic. BAFTA Fellowship went to Suhei Yoshida, uh, the former Sony boss, I believe that is. Uh, Game Beyond Entertainment, Endling Extinction is Forever. I think that's the one with the wolf, isn't it? The cub. The wolf is escorting the baby cub around, I think. I think that's what that one is. That animation. Okay. I think. Maybe it was. Yeah, I like might just quickly search it. Um, yep, so we've got performing leading role. We've got Christopher Judge as Kratos, and then best game, Vampire Survivors. I think it's a fox. Fox, it might be a fox, yeah. I think it was a dog type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. Oh, before, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a fox leading little cubs, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I thought you were talking about that. You know that, that um, the black and white Blanc. one? That's got Blanc. the Yeah. Is it out yet? I don't I think so. I don't think so. But Don't quote me on that. Though. Yeah, that was, that was all winners of this year's BAFTA Games Awards. Mm. Intriguing. Especially that game of the year. Might have to mm. check that out. Might have to. Do you want good news? We always like good more news. good news. Okay. Mm. Nintendo. They've updated their policy recently on their website in regards to the long-standing issue of Joy-Con Drift. They have said 
Nintendo takes great pride in creating high-quality and durable products, and it is continuously making improvements to them. Therefore, and, and, and until further notice, Nintendo offers to consumers who purchase the respective products in the EEA, UK and Switzerland that repairs and responsiveness syndrome, I love that's the term, responsiveness syndrome, relating to control sticks will be conducted at no charge by official Nintendo repair centres. This applies even if the syndrome is caused by wear and tear, and even if the 24-month manufacturer's warranty provided by Nintendo has expired. The manufacturer's warranty does not affect any statutory rights, which you may have under consumer protection legislation as a purchaser of goods. The benefits described here are in addition to those rights. So send those broken ones back, boys. That's it. They're going to fix it. I've got a couple. I'm going to say, Matt, you've got about 14 sets of Joy-Cons to send off. (laughs) No, no, just, just the one set. My current set's still still going on. I've still not used my um, Skyrim Joy-Cons though, but why not? Just for sure. Just because my current set still goes. <laughs> you just want to no, keep that. They're, they're, yeah. they're just in case I need to replace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining all the boxes they're going to get now of all these broken Joy-Cons. Mm. I've not had any issues yet though, thankfully. Since I've had mine. The other thing that I probably don't put you, that you much wear and tear onto it as much as, as, other, as, yeah, as some other people. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that's good. Yeah. The Pro Control is still going pretty well. Took the time with it, but it's here now. Yeah. Yeah. I was starting to feel like a second class citizen because yeah. they offered it for the Japanese audience, but we, we had to pay. So Yeah. But I think America good. got it at some point as well, didn't they? Always little old Europe that's to wait. Mm. Yeah, we're always the last good things. But I suppose it's due to market size, isn't it? So there's that. Mm-hmm. Sticking with Nintendo, we got some new gameplay footage of a game that I'm very much looking forward to in about a month's time. Don't know about anyone else. Probably not mine. Do you know what? I rarely pre-order games, and I pre-ordered this one. So I get it up the 12th of May. Can you wait? 12th of May is when I get back from my... Uh, actually, no, 13th is when I get back. Sorry. I fly yeah. on the 12th. So, I'll and the wait. 12th is where my annual leave starts, so... Great. Can't wait to play it if I want to. Get to see what the game is yet. Guess. Uh, we'll do Fortnite. <laughs> yes. Fortnite, yeah. Fortnite, <laughs> Fortnite, Fortnite. No, it's Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So, yeah, recently we got a, a new 10-minute gameplay look of it. And, well, where do we start, really? I suppose the start of the video, um, they showed Link off in um, one of the Sky Islands that they're calling it. Sorry, Matt, before we get into sorry, that, no. there's, the there's one thing that I want to mention, if that's okay. Because before we got into the gameplay, they did announce that development was complete on the game. And I just want to say how refreshing it is for a game to be complete a month before its release. Yeah. Without I mean, it, being it like should be complete. But, do do you, you believe know. that? Of course do I believe. do. Nah, you got to use that time for bugs and things like that. It's, it's going to be bug free, no issues whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to hold you. To, I'm going to hold you. Faith to in the world. We'll see. Watch first day it's out. You're just getting videos of all the glitches on TikTok. Yeah. And... <laughs> it's the next cyberpunk. <laughs> oh no! Right. Okay. So yeah. So we eventually did get into the video of the gameplay. Um, with Link on horseback on um in Hyrule. And. We saw, I suppose, one of the first boosts we saw, there was there was this, I suppose, piece of rock that was falling from one of the islands that we decided to run over to. 
and um, we use one of Link's new abilities in the game. It's called Recall, which apparently you use on, well, I believe you can use on any item. I'm not too sure on that one, but on this rock at least, we activate it and it rewinded the rock falling. So we were now going upwards towards the islands, um, to which point then Link glides his way over with the new um, paraglider. Uh, onto the island so we've got our sort of first look at a new ability there then we start i suppose fighting a new uh, a new enemy in there it's called construct yeah with, uh, with, his, with his little branch. branch they're returning into the game so that's tree tree branch confirmed so we essentially just beat up uh beat up this little enemy um with the tree branch and then we started using um a new ability with these with these rocks next to it. It's called Fuse, which you can take sort of a weapon and any sort of material you find in the land and combine them to make a more powerful weapon, which is, I think, probably the most intriguing new ability um, shown off in this trailer, because you'll be able to do all sorts of, of different combinations and such. They showed off uh, the tree branch with the rock, which just turns into like a massive mace in effect. Um, and then they showed off there's like this long log with a it was like a, like a, a big pitchfork. pitchfork, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can combine that to make a, a massive pitchfork in effect added um, length to it so you can keep enemies from a very long, far distance and fire them with that. Um, then I think they did a new uh, another one as well with the uh, shield and this like what they call like a Puff mushroom, puff mushroom, thing or something like that. I think it was called. Uh, the enemy hit, and they essentially made like a smoke bomb in effect, so you can like stealth behind the enemy and um, game like a critical hit from behind, which seemed interesting. And then I think they were doing stuff with the um, arrows as well, so you could like combine arrows with these different effects as well. Initially, you combined it with leaf, but didn't really show off what that did, which was a bit disappointing. <laughs> we'll see what they do with the leaf. I imagine it'd be like a, it turns like a wind arrow or something. I like um, the one that he did do, like combining combining the eye that you'd got from an enemy, um, so that it kind of hone in, yeah, on him. Because yeah, I don't know about you, like, but I'm not uh, very good at shooting, so like him, it'd <laughs> that'd be, be great, great for me. Yeah, these like uh, keys eyeballs, I think they're from the bats. Um, he also showed off uh, combining with this like ice juju jelly thing so you turned it into an ice arrow as well which is pretty cool um i really like it actually see it's very interesting and in what they're doing they've, they've almost turned zelda into like a minecraft thing in effect to be able to combine stuff and make all sorts out of it really opens up the combat um, well, it's good that we're finally getting some use for some of the items that you pick up because you do pick up a lot as you go through the game yeah i think I feel like in the original one, Breath of the Wild, most of it was used for like trading and stuff, um, or like um, you could use them in food as well, making like different uh, meals and stuff, and potions as well. So to do something like this so is pretty cool. I'm sure one thing that's going to annoy a lot of people about this is that they essentially confirmed that there is durability in the weapons again. Yeah. Which I know. Seemed to irk a lot of people playing Breath of the Wild. I was perfectly fine with it. I thought it it um it made you 
had to like think on the fly with like different weapons and, and stuff they need to use. They like think about the durability, how long you can use it for, and you know different strategies they can use against different enemies and stuff. But I think I'm on the minority in that one. Um, <laughs> so there was that, and then the next new ability showed off, which was called Ultra Hand. Um, showed Link combining two tree logs together. No, well. Sorry, three of them to make like a little raft and stuff that you could put on the wall. And then you had these like little fan things that activate when you hit them. They combine as well and made like a little kind of little boat across this small lake. That's going to be pretty cool because there's going to be so much creativity with that that people are going to come up with. I can already see how like people are going to do this to like skip most of the games, get to like the end boss again or whatever they, they used to do in the breath of the wild and stuff so that's gonna be pretty cool i think they, they showed off as well that like in previous trailers the vehicles that you saw like the the i suppose little car that you had the hovercraft um, hot air balloon and the hovercraft as well this was how you essentially create all that kind of stuff so there's gonna be so much that people are gonna create i can't can't wait there's gonna be like there's gonna be ridiculous stuff i can be i can imagine people creating like Trojan horses or something, <laughs> <laughs> putting like cannons on them just to fire and stuff. That's gonna be like absolutely cool. And then I think the last ability they showed off uh, was the ascend. So that seems to be kind of if you're in a building or in a in a cavern of of sorts, and there's a you know a ceiling up above, and so long as like there's something above that, like a piece of land or stuff that you can walk on. You can use this ascendability to go straight through and appear appear towards the top. Don't know if they mentioned that there'll be something they can do the reverse of. Maybe that might be something they've they'll keep keep away that you find later in the game, or maybe it is literally just to ascend. That'll be it. I, I don't know if they would reverse it because if you go down, what are you going to do? Go through a map? Well, they've explained them that they're like. The ascend only works if you've got something that you can walk above on. Yeah. I don't think it can work in like. Like I can imagine like a dungeon or something like maybe I don't know. I we'll think see. It, it's interesting though because I think it'll promote more exploration instead of like climbing up a mountain. You'll look around and see if you can find yeah. a cave to get in to get up to well, the that's top. It. Maybe they've got a lot of like um, cavern systems where like you go up so far in and then once you finish, just descend straight out of it and you know it'd be like a almost a form of fast travel in a way. So that was cool. So that was pretty much all they showed off. I mean, the game looks amazing again. Like, there's always, like, how much they can get out of the Switch system amazes me. I do wonder how much this is going to play comparing, like, the original model against the OLED one. Like, if it can run well still on the Switch. I don't know. Those will be, I suppose, questions asked in a month's time. I'm sure sure it'll be okay, because, to be honest, like, graphically, between Breath of the Wild and this... I don't think there's too much of an improvement. Though Hyrule does look really vast. Do you know when you pan out to it? It does look quite yeah. impressive. Yeah, I did like that. Um, uh, it did show off towards the end where you're like, you find the enemy that's also got like a fused weapon and it would like bad you off the, the island. And like now you can just well, skydive back down to Hyrule if you wanted to, which is cool. I mean, it looks big. It does look massive and i wonder how much sort of the skyline still use and what their purpose is law wise but 
I suppose we'll find all that on the 12th of May, won't we? So, yeah. Just so um, ago. Yeah. And then after that, that wasn't the only thing that they they showed off. Um, we got to see a new new, I suppose, OLED designed console inspired by Tears of the uh, Kingdom. It makes me want another one. It looks. I'm I'm really great. tempted. I, I was very tempted to pre-order it, but I'm like, ah, I don't think of. I don't know. If I can justify it. I nearly bought it the other day because the game collection had a like a a promotion on where you got if you pre-order something you got like five times your points back so it was 320 quid but you got 40 quid with the points back so it worked out like 280 so like do i do it but then i thought to myself we'd have three switches in the house and we've only got two people do we really need that and they were like no and then went on my day that's never stopped you before <laughs> two about 10 wii consoles then <laughs> No, I've only got six. Proves my point. Uh, yeah, so that's um, the console's actually releasing before the game. I believe it's uh, together April 28th released it. So that's interesting. But it's there if you want it. It does look nice. I think it's probably the nicest special edition OLED that I've seen. Pokemon looks quite nice as well. Is it not going to be a bundle then with the game? Um... I believe it's going to be separate. I think you. I think certain so you retailers would probably bundle it together. I can. I can certainly see that. Um, but no. So far, from what I can see, it's separate. But is that? that? Was that was the Zelda demonstration? Looks very good. Canny weird. So, EA have shown off their new logo for EA Sports FC, and. Well, I've got my own opinions on it. It's just a logo. Let's be honest, the game's not going to change much. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> this is probably the biggest difference there's going to be. I like the law that they put behind the triangle, though. Oh, going yeah. back to the, the look of the triangle. With the Dutch yeah. style, and the triangle yeah. play style. Well, the total football. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. It's what it represents. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm. Tenuous, if you ask me. To be honest, like, the way that the triangle is, they've, like, kind of cut the F off. So it's like, well, CC a bit. Oh, no, you, can, you still see the F. I'm just trying to wonder, it's like, because it's got, like, the over triangle inside the triangle in there. It's like, oh, this this is all about the polycons that we've made for yeah. for football. I think it's joined to the Illuminati, personally, but... <laughs> oh, OK, right, well, fair enough. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, other than that, they did mention... Uh, one detail that I remember that they've confirmed um, about the new Ultimate Team that they're going to be doing for, I suppose, EA Sports FC 24. So they mentioned that for the first time in Ultimate Team, you're going to be able to buy female footballers as well for your team. Are you going to be able to integrate them with the men? So it's. I imagine it'll work just like. Pro clubs. Pro clubs. Right. Got female players there mingling with the males. So I suppose we'll see. Well, they, they mentioned there's going to be more details as well in July. And I think we've already got a name of some of the leagues that will be part of the game. I mean, obviously the Premier League. Yeah. I think La Liga was confirmed. Um, the Champions League is going to be in it. Bundesliga. 
the MLS, basically everything I would imagine that is already in FIFA 23, I would have thought. But It's normally just like Syria art that we don't get the full stuff for. Because mm. they sign deals with other companies like eFootball. I'm just going to see what, like, what FIFA's going to do. What, their new one? Yeah, because I've actually seen... Um, License with eFootball. Probably, yeah, probably that's it, isn't it? They go along with Konami now. Konami's not got the money to pay for that, I don't think. Because you remember, do you remember that quote that, that um, Infantino came up with, where they were like, oh, the, the when next he went FIFA's yeah. going to be the Trump. best eager. Yes. Yeah, I'm just seeing the quote now, and he mentioned the new FIFA game, the FIFA 25, 26, 27, and so on. So they're skipping 24. They might not have a game this year. Which wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah, but you'd think they'd already have like some form of partnership with someone already to try and start working on it. Well, it takes time because they're going to have to build something from ground up. They're going to build it. No, they don't. They just go to eFootball, don't they? (laughs) Exactly. Now it's FIFA eFootball. Infantino's learning code right now. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) He's getting on that JavaScript. I wanted to bring out something like sensible soccer. Like a top down (laughs) thing. And that's going to be the. Oh, could you imagine? That That's how they fight back. Now yeah. it's deeper sense. We go old school. Yeah, so um, so Legendary Entertainment have picked up the rights to Street Fighter. Oh. So they will be producing live action film and TV series. Uh, all projects will be co-developed and produced with Capcom. And since this initial news came out, uh, they've also come out and announced that a live action film is actually now officially in the works. Nice. But uh, it's not going to reach the heights of uh, Raul Julia's scene chewing portrayal of M. Bison, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest. I doubt it. I mean, the last attempt... Gonna miss that. ...bombed massively. What was it? Um, was it, it was the, Legend, the Legend of Chun-Li. Chun-Li or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I had the actress from um, Smallville play Chun-Li. And I just, Which I actress never, from? I've never watched it. Were it the one that played Lois? No, not Lois. Um, Lana. Lana, yeah. Well, Legend of Entertainment, pretty good. Pretty good, Legend of Entertainment. Didn't they do the Mortal Kombat one, the recent one? Was it that legendary? I don't know. Be interesting. I mean, if they did, yeah. Finally, the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat game we've always wanted. Yeah. I imagine we won't see that for a few years yet, though. No, definitely do some good stuff with the IP for sure. I'm interested about the TV series, but because I could understand the film, but how would a TV series work? Because you just say live action film and TV series. Well, I can. See. I mean, there is. I suppose there is story beats there if you want to work on it. Like you definitely do something on. Like follow each character. Yeah, like start with like Ryu and Ken, like their sort of journey, how they kind of learn the how to something or another. I forget what the rest of it. <laughs> um, you can follow from the comic beats. You know, there's there's still like a comic series going on from um, Udon that. They did pretty well with like merging stories and stuff and how that worked. So I think I'd like an episode per character to build on their backstory and then have an episode at the end where they all come together. Yeah. And end the game, so to speak. Yeah. Well they all, they, all game, they all get invited to the world tournament, don't they? So by Bison. That's the season one finale and then season two is where it all 
kicks off literally. That's, yeah, that's the tournament arc. Everyone loves a good tournament arc. That's what they should have done. They should have done the TV series first, build all the characters up, and then have the film as the, the big scrap. Yeah. The SFU, the Street Fighter universe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the uh, Street Fighter X Men crossover. You just want crossovers with everything. <laughs> hey, everything is becoming a universe, all right? All right yeah. I already told you about the Nintendo verse. So. In our big universe. <laughs> Right, should we, should we start talking about finance and, and numbers and stuff? We all yep. love numbers. Finance and numbers. Yes. Well, Sounds particularly... Riveting. Particularly the UK games market. Yeah. Okay. The one that matters. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the figures have come in for uh, for 2022, going to the trade body UKIE, or UK. I don't know how you pronounce that, but moving on. So, when comparing... To the previous year in 2021, um, apparently there was, there was actually a 5.6% decline. So in 22, sorry, um, apparently we did make 7.05 billion pounds, uh, but that didn't hit anything compared to the 7.47 of uh, of last year. Uh, although it is still going to the 17% above pre-pandemic levels, which Really, I think a pandemic was actually a good thing for the games industry. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I'm actually not so, surprised it's gone down. Yeah, I, I think we would... It was never going to keep going up, blah, blah. So just looking at other stuff, so compared to uh, 21, the sales of all forms of video game hardware fell 19% to 2.16 billion. Hardware revenue was down year on year, 27%. To 832 million. The PC hardware fell 14% to 716 million. Game and accessory sales declined 15% by 396 million. And VR hardware hardware was also down 6.6% to 171 million. Um, just looking at other stuff, software revenues grew 0.4% to 4.57 billion. And mobile game sales also went up 11% to 1.43 billion. Digital PC sale, PC sales also went up 2.2% to 660 million. There was also a decline when looking at digital game console revenues. That went down 4.7%, while boxed game sales also went down 4.3%. Um, and then also looking at the pre-owned market, that went down 37%. Blow my neck. I tried my best to prop it up, but... So, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's still not bad. I still imagine game sales is still like the most, well, the biggest moneymaker in the entertainment sector, I would imagine. Can't imagine somehow movies or music be that. But it's kind of been lacking now for probably like the last, what, 10, 15 years? Like, I think the games industry has really kind of boomed up, hasn't it? So, just one final thing. Which console do you think was the best selling in the UK last year? Switch. PS5. Switch. Yep. It was Nintendo Switch. Which do you think tops the annual software sales chart? Dare I say it? EA? Yes, EA Sports FC. No. Uh, (laughs) Yes, it was FIFA 23. Obviously. Although there's no values on that. Pretty much just told you what was best so yeah there we go do you think ea sports fc will reach those heights 
in their first attempt? I don't think so. I can see having a bit of a drop, but maybe two years after. Yeah. It'd probably get yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I it think needs there was a, a, yeah, that brand recognition. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't well, it? Well, I say, isn't it? It's all okay to be looking for, like, where's FIFA? Yeah. And uh, you've got this, like, EA yes. Sports. So what's this back like, off? What's this? <laughs> <laughs> it was on the front yeah. cover. Although, it's to be massive. fair, yeah, I think the front cover could potentially be what sells it. So if you have like someone like Messi, then kids are gonna be like, yeah, I want that because Messi's on it, or you know, get Rashford on the front cover or something. The school dinner edition. <laughs> yeah, why not? You know, continues to annoy those bad people in Parliament. Uh... It's not good political. <laughs> That's why I used my words carefully. I'd agree. I think the whoever's gonna head it up in terms of player has got a. He's going to have a big impact. Well, that's it. It'd be all a bit advertisement. I imagine you would mark it as, you know, formerly FIFA. So you... Are they even allowed to say that? Well, yeah, I was going to say, you will be able to say that, would you? But I think that's probably why they put it Well, the best-selling football on. game in the world. Don't you? You'd use that in the marketing. Has returned as... Or is rebranded as this now. Do you know what I mean? New FIFA, same old yeah. money-making tactics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same engine, same players. Oh, what? Same just game. Use, just use their like original name, FF. <laughs> That's it. It's the new FF. <laughs> well, yeah, but you have a front cover where you have to hold it in the mirror. Then it spells out FIFA. Uh... <laughs> That's what you do. Let's have it on the inside cover. Inside <laughs> cover. Yeah, but it'll be just fine. Like in years to come. It's. I just think. Like us, we, we understand it and we know what it is, but your mum going to buy you a game at Christmas, they're not going to know. Yeah. I do, I do think, like, kids nowadays are a bit more screwed on on, like, what's going on in the industry. But, like I said, like, parents are just going to be like, I want that new FIFA game. And that'll be okay. it. <laughs> I got you that football game. Is it football? E-football? Oh, no. God. Thanks, mum. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Shall we finish off with, with something quite interesting that's been found? So, almost 20 years after its release, a series of cheat codes has been found in the game Gran Turismo 4. So they were uncovered by Gran Turismo enthusiast Nenkai on Twitter. And in order for them to work, 365 game days have to have passed. So if you're still playing and you want to know how to do these, here you go. To get 10 million credits... On the GT mode screen, press select, left, right, right, down, up, up, left, down, up, right, left, down, L1, R1, select. Oh, I did well there, didn't I? <laughs> I didn't even get you that wrong. Pretty well. Yeah. You can pass any license on the license selection screen. So it's select, R1, select, R1, select, L2, L2, R2, R2, L1, select, L1, select. I mean, the, the these are like proper old school cheats, these, aren't they? Oh, yeah. In terms of code inputs. And then you can gold any specific license uh, in test. So on the license test selection screen, you press select, select, R1, R2, L2, L2, select, L1, R1, select, R2, L1, select. And then finally to gold any event on the event course selection screen, you press select, L1, up, up, select, R1, down, down, select, L2, select, R2, select. And there you go. So if you want to dabble back in, into almost 20 years of history and go back on Gwentz's Bill 4, there you go. You can have all the monies and all the cars you want. Nice. R- remind me, is Gran Turismo 4 on the PS2? I believe so. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 20 years. 
It's just weird because we've just had seven released, and it, 20 years ago was the fourth one. <laughs> well, there were always those weird Gran Turismo ones, like Gran Turismo 3 Prologue or whatever it were called, or 5 Prologue. Well, yeah. No, but when I think 20 years in my head, I, I'm thinking, oh, that's when the first one came out. It's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you, in your mind, when you think back to 30 years ago, you think, oh, that was 70s, but no. <laughs> yeah. <in> 90s. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Time marches on. And I think that's it for the news. Shall we move on to what we're calling the play? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Shall I kick us off? Yeah, you do the other yeah, Okay, so on the last pod, I spoke about uh, playing Street Fighter Five, And my fighting itch still needs to be scratched. So I moved on to Tekken 7. Oh, nice. Now, okay. I've only done the story. So, in the prologue, Heihachi, the gloriously pointy-haired angry dude, and a young, almost scrappy-do-esque Kazuya Mishima are having a skirmish because Heihachi has done a silly little thing like kill his wife and Kazuya's mother. Um, major candidate for worst dad of the year. I think you'll agree. Um, and even though the little chap tries his hardest, for the umpteenth time in the series, we see Haihachi yeet his son off this cliff. Right? Getting sick yeah. Of that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we skip forward in time, and a reporter who has experienced personal loss uh, due to the antics of the Machine Fabula begins writing a, an expose on them. And the story is basically told through his eyes. Um, mm. And it seems Kazuya is the head of an, organi- uh, of an organization called G Corporation, and Hayachi has taken back control of the Mishima Zaibatsu, and war is rife between the two. So, throughout, obviously, throughout the story, you get involved in fights uh, that break out between major characters, or against like a series of military personnel from these factions. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of all this, everyone seems to want to get hold of Jin Kazama, for a reason that is never fully explained in this, I don't think. Uh, now, I'm sure if you played all the other games, it probably makes perfect sense. But for, but in isolation, this story made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but I'm not here for it to make sense. I'm here to bash some heads in, which I did. And it was satisfying, mostly. I did think the game had a mind of its own sometimes. Uh, I stopped pressing buttons, and then it would randomly throw, like, four more punches. <laughs> I don't know what's going off there. I assume it's like a combo thing that I don't buy. Um, there's a thing called Rage Art which appears to be some, like, special move kind of thing, unique to yeah. each character, but I had absolutely no idea that, how, that, how that was earned. Um, and then there was something called Power Crushers and Screw Hits. Again, no idea. I'm just here to button mash. Um, it's, in the end, it's just a bit of flim-flam nonsense, the plot, I think. Um, in my view, there's not a single likeable character in it, I don't think. Not in the story, anyway. Uh, I just thought they were all imbeciles. But... Um, now, you remember one of my major gripes was the um, lack of character count. Yeah, on Street Fighter. Oh, yeah, on Street Fighter. Yeah, on Street Fighter. Um, there's a bigger selection in this. I forgot to take numbers, but there is quite a few more. So I was well, instead of 16, if we got 17. <laughs> hey, yeah. No, the, no there, was, there was less than 16. Was it 16? Oh, it might be 16, yeah. But yeah, there's, there's more than that. And, um, but yeah, there are others obviously involved in DLC. Yada, yada, yada. But mm. despite that character count, I think that must have counted only about like six or seven that actually appeared in the story. There's very few actually in the story. There's so many I'm not involved. I remember the number of them because I think there's like 
think at some point, obviously, he plays Jin, he plays Kazuma, uh, Heitachi, I think Nina Williams Nina, at yeah. some point, um, Yoshimitsu? You don't play as him in it. Oh, you don't play him in it? Uh, in fact, I don't think he, makes, he doesn't even make an appearance in the story. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Maybe there's not then, yeah. Anyway, there weren't, there weren't many characters which really surprised me. Well, I don't know. I don't know too much about Tekken lore. So. But uh, anyway, that's by Tekken. I quite enjoyed it. It was alright. As I say, a bit of fun, fun nonsense, that story. But just kicking heads in was pleasant. I do I do enjoy, because um, I've, I've played it quite a few years ago myself. Mm. I do enjoy at the end, it's just like a ridiculous fight in a Volcano? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's erupting, there's, I think. Yeah. Then there's the bonus chapter, isn't there? Yeah, there's the bonus one, because I think you play as Itachi towards the end trying to fight Kazuma. And then at the end if if you don't know, um a character from Street Fighter actually crosses over into this, which is Akuma. Mm. And you essentially then play as him fighting Devil cause uh Kazuma at the end, the bonus chapter. Yeah. Which is a, absolutely a, a, nuts. hard, hard. Yeah, and I read, I read that, um, even changing the difficulty doesn't actually change the difficulty on that. No. <laughs> it just like, stays rock yeah. on. Because Akuma actually controls, like, he is like a Street Fighter character. You've still got, like, the combos that you do in Street Fighter, but just mm-hmm. the movement of Tekken. So, yeah, that game's nuts. I do like some of the bonus characters you can get, though. Like, um, Negan from uh, The Walking Dead, isn't mm. it? Yeah. <laughs> Although that was locked for me, but I did spot him. Yeah, yeah you have to buy like, the complete edition for it. Yeah, I thought you might. But... But I played one other thing, and that was The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> yes, this game. <laughs> is that free game on Steam, was it? Yes, yeah. so as you may or may not know, Sega randomly released this game on April Fool's Day. I mean, initially, I thought it was just like a funny trailer that it came out with. And then it turns out it's actually a real game. <laughs> so it's a point-and-click visual novel who done it, basically. So in it, you play uh, a worker on their first day aboard the Mirage Express train. right? And now this train is designed to host special events. And today it is hosting a murder mystery party for Amy Rose's birthday. So a series of characters from Sonic Law come aboard. So you've got Tails, The Calls, Shadow, a bunch of others as well. Mm. And your job, jokingly, is primarily to work the microwave and assist the needs of the party goers. Okay? Oh. So you have a brief introduction with the um, the conductor of the train, and then he leaves you in charge and he goes off to drive the train. Uh, every character has been given a role as part of this murder mystery party. And then everything is going swimmingly until something peculiar happens with the train, and then Sonic is found dead! <gasps> no. Tails, as the detective of the piece, sets out to find who is the culprit. And you there, you therefore become the Watson to Tails as Sherlock Holmes. He's even dressed as, as the part of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so the plot is clearly inspired by, like, you know, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. And it sees you and Tails make your way through the train carriages. Uh, uncovering clues in the environment. And interesting items you find are placed in an inventory menu for safekeeping until required as a piece of evidence. And you must interrogate 
the characters you come across in order to confirm or deny their alibis. Mm. And this is done by presenting a piece of evidence to the character and you have to explain your reasoning to them. However, to succeed in this, you have to complete a little platforming minigame. So your character um, pulls out like a knockoff game gear and has to play a Sonic runner game. So where you have to like collect a set number of rings whilst avoiding a series of obstacles and traps. Yeah. So you just use left and right on the keyboard and space jump. And if you get through it triumphantly with the required number of rings, you successfully use that evidence to move the plot forward. But if you fail, you just retry it. Uh, you're not heavily punished oh. for it. Right. <laughs> but if you are finding these quite difficult, this minigame, um, there are a couple of assists you can put on. So you can like make yourself invincible or get rid of like the pitfalls because sometimes there's like gaps. Oh yeah, running. yeah. So you can get rid of them. Classic Sonic. Yeah. Uh, with each train carriage you move through, the mystery deepens and things might not be all as they seem. Mm-hmm. But I shall say no more. Um, the writing is spot on though. Um, there's a wonderful dose of humour throughout it, and it kept me kept me going through. It's about three hours long. Which is yeah, longer than I thought it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd be like a half an hour thing. Yeah, and it's available on Steam, and it's completely free. And I would highly recommend it. Give it a shot. I, it, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a good laugh. All right, contender for this year's game of the year. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sonic. Yeah. Who murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, but that's what I've currently been playing. So come on, Matt. What you played? Ooh, myself. So, um, I've got quite a bit to talk about, actually. <laughs> so I'll try and get through it as, as, uh, as swiftly as possible. Um, so I'll start with the Power Wash Simulator again. Hey! Been continuing that. Um, so I've, I've now gone, well, I earned enough stars and money to buy the third, uh, like, power wash machine that you can get so it can go through dirt a bit bit more easier um and some of the hard to get out stains on on the walls and floors that you go through um so like the latest thing that I cleaned up was this skate park um it's, it's a pretty like decent sized kind of skate park so it did it did tell me about uh about 20 minutes to get through it um but, you know, got through in the end, um, cleaned out. Um, there was one achievement, actually, um, that you can do in it where there's a, there's like a football in this, like, ball thing. And um, the achievement is essentially just to power wash the ball out of the ball. Um, but it took me quite a few few tries. It, it was it was a bit the, – some of the physics were a bit not forgiven for me. <laughs> Uh, let's say that I think because I was trying it while like the whole thing was still kind of dirty, and I don't know if that was like having to play on like slowing the ball down. So I was like, right, I'm gonna clean this ball out first, and then I'm gonna try it. And um, after a couple of attempts, it eventually got through there. So I got that trophy. Um, it does seem like each level has like a specific thing that you have to do to like get like a trophy out of it as well. So I think. What I'm gonna do, I'm gonna focus on trying to go through levels first, and then probably like replaying them once I've got like upgrades and stuff, and like maybe attempt to get those trophies perhaps. Um, 
but no, I'm still enjoying myself. It's uh, it's just, it's quite nice to just like go to it if I need just like a, a relaxing half an hour or something, and just just clean stuff. It's um, it's quite nice. Maybe have some on background, maybe while I'm doing it, just to just to blow the yeah. time away. I do think I'm gonna go through all the levels first and then go on to like the like the DLC levels. Like I want to get to doing like the Tomb Raider yeah. mansion and then. I want to clean up like um, Tifa's bar for Final Fantasy, so I'll get there eventually. Um, so there's that one. Uh, the next game that I think I've I've not mentioned the podcast, but I mentioned that I keep on wanting to bring it up, and I just keep on forgetting about it because it's just something that I play with my friends on PC every so often when I go back to it. But there's this new indie game that's called Play It Up. So you might have heard about it. if you if you've not heard about it, it's it's sort of like an indie version of um, Overcooked, but there's a little bit more to it in just of instead of just cooking the meals and stuff. So what you do, you start off with you pick a layout of a restaurant that you want, and there's like different sort of layouts. You can, so if you can do like small restaurants, so you can work up to like big ones. And you can pick like a starting dish that you want to start cooking first. So you could do like maybe like a salad, you do like a burger, um, you can do like fish and chips, that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, yeah, obviously the classics. And then you start out, and then when you, when you start off with it, you can um, change the layout of like how you've got stuff set up. So you can like move, everything's in like a block, so you can move like a counter somewhere else. Um, you can set up hobs where you want, um, and then you can also set up um, the uh, the tables and chairs that the um, customers are going to be sat on as well. So you can change it where you can have a full sort of four-person layout, or you can have it to like maybe you just want three people sat, or maybe just two, or even just having just one person sat. Um, and then you just you do stuff like that, and then once you start the first day. Then you start doing like the individual um, cooking. So like maybe you need to peel the chips first or like, peel the potato first, then cut it into chips, then cook it, put it on a plate. Then you like buy the fish and then put that on. And then you have to like serve it as well. You have to do the serving manually as well. So th- there's quite a bit to it. It's like, um, I suppose it's a bit more of a intense um, overcooked in in a little way because you can. Um, I got more like overcooked. A... That's something. I mean, nothing, it, it, I mean, it can overcooked. be it can be to a certain degree because you've got uh, there's a lot to it. Um, so are you time the different days? Are you timed like um, there is there isn't a timed. Basically, um, customers will come in to their tables. They'll have like a set timer for waiting to be initially served, and then once they give what they want. Then you've got a timer to like basically make that meal for them and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it can be it can be quite different as well for like if they've uh, if you've got two people sat at a desk at desk table. Um, one person might want one specific wind thing. One person might want slightly bearing on it. It depends as you go through the different days. Once you get to like you could play the third day, then you get these like you get a choice of different um, options. So normally one is like an extra um, 
part of the meal. So maybe it's a starter or maybe it's just an extra ingredient onto the meal. Or you've got another one that could say um, decrease wait time, but the group size will be reduced or increased. So, you know, different variants and stuff that you go through it. Um, and once you've done like 15 days, once you've played the 15th day, um, you then start and look extra stuff for um, maybe like a different layout for a restaurant or now you've unlocked a different um, meal to start cooking and stuff. So you can go through that stuff. And like I've been playing with two other friends and we've sometimes it's, it, it goes pretty well. But there's been others where like you've got a booking desk that you can call extra customers into if you want to. So like speed things up if it's going a bit slow. Um, and sometimes we've just done it as a laugh just to like make chaos basically try and get stuff done because <laughs> like once you've got customers waiting at all tables if you've not got like then a waiting table for someone for a customer just to wait at they'll start lining up outside the restaurant and they'll start getting like impatient if they're not getting brought in basically so yeah. it's quite fun i do enjoy it um it's a nice little uh alternative to overcooked is it only on pc think so i'm not taking a look into if it's also on consoles but i think at the moment it's still i think it might still be in early access so yeah at the moment it's on steam but it's not i don't think it's too expensive so if you do want to have a go on it is uh is there for you so there's that uh then i'll go on to the games that i've been playing prior to previous podcast so I've been continuing Yakuza 5. So I think where, where I left off there was I'd started playing as the new character, um, Tatsuo Chinada in the city of Nagoya, or the region, maybe. So his whole story is that he's a bit of a disgraced um, former pro baseball player who was involved in like a scandal um 20 years prior basically like he he played his like first pro game and then was immediately accused of like reading signs and cheating so it was essentially thrown out of like the 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 team um like the man the manager of the team got like thrown into it as well and there's all this chaos basically so now he's like essentially been living like a bum uh, for like the last 20 years um, writing articles for like adult magazines and stuff like he does interviews with like uh, hosts or hostess I should say um, but then he gets caught up in this uh, in a bit of a mystery um, involving his town and the uh, supposed mysterious Yakuza family that's running it Um this like mysterious guy comes up to him, basically goes, I'll give you 20 million yen to pay off your debts. If you find out what happened with this scandal that you were involved in 20 years ago, because he thinks, well, the player thinks he was innocent. He didn't do anything wrong. Mm. Um, but this guy like wants to get to the bottom of it. And it, you essentially, the whole plot of his story is rolled around this, like trying to figure out what's happened um me and like former um teammates of his and like what did they know what happened and, and what's involved with this 
family that's supposedly like in control of this town. So I've completed all four of his chapters and that now essentially leads him to having to go to Camarocho uh, as well. So the chapters, uh, I think it's, there's about four chapters per character. And then um, once you get into Camarocho, there's another four chapters where essentially what happens there is um, Shinada teams up with Akiyama, who's the guy who's looking after um, Haruka in Sotenbori. Um, they're working out essentially what's going on in Kamurocho that involves Haruka and this uh, this like idol um, concert that's going to happen at the Tokyo Dome. Like they're essentially figuring out what's going on there. Whereas Kiryu and Sajima starts working out what's also going on with um, this war between the Tojo clan and the Omni Alliance and both of them get led into each other by this police detective and like start working that stuff out. And then like the last two chapters, I think, I think it's, oh, there's loads of chapters. There's so many chapters in this one. I, I've like lost count and like what they're doing, but like essentially the last two is when like all four essentially kind of come together and like basically solve what's going on. Like Kiryu and Akiyama essentially fight off all the Omni Alliance that like invade Kamarocho and they have to like fire them all off basically. Whereas um, Shinada goes over to the Tokyo Dome to sort of try and stop the assassination of Haruka. Um, and I forget what Sajima is doing. Oh no. Sajima finds out what's happened with Goro Majima because, like, throughout the whole thing, he's supposedly dead, and you like have to like work out basically why and who's done it and stuff. So, as usual, Yakuza stuff happens, <laughs> <laughs> and there's twists and turns galore, as there always is in a Yakuza game. So I'm trying to be like as vague as possible because, like, I really would like people start going through the series if they or if they're just interested like because the story is just like nuts as usual <laughs> but i'm enjoying it i've been enjoying going through the series um so i've finished i've finished five i do think story-wise five might actually be the weakest because the the, the stories involve your characters why they come together i don't think is as is um, is as good as like oh makes makes sense basically as what it did in four. So I do think story wise it is the weakest, but is the is the first one on um, the engine that's used by Zero and Kawami. Dragon and no, so there's two there's two engines. The Dragon engine starts actually with six. They made oh, a new engine fun. after four for that five zero and Kwame use, and then six starts the Dragon engine, which is why all the games have used yeah. since basically. Um, so yeah, I've finished five. I've now moved on to six. Of course you have. 
because, you know, I'm going <laughs> through them all, as always. Um, I don't know what to say too much about 6. I mean, gameplay-wise, there's definitely a big leap from 5 to 6, because it is, like, the first game that uses the Dragon Engine. So it's the one where you can essentially start going into more buildings. There isn't cutscenes that load up. Um, there isn't cutscenes when you start going into a fight. Mm. Um, graphically, really nice to look at. Um, definitely a big improvement. I think combat-wise, this is probably one of the weak ones compared to, like, it's still better than 3 and 4, but combat-wise, it feels a bit more stiff animation-wise. Um, I don't know why. I think there, there was complaints that, like, the combat seems to have, like, regressed in in, in, a, in, a, in a sense. Because they've got the whole, this is where they introduce, again, the experience points for individual um, attributes. So now you've got, like, strength, health, um, agility, technique, and charm. And you put, like, skill points into them and stuff. Like, you don't get money for fighting. Some some fights you do. Most fights is just about getting experience, really. Um, but I do love the ragdoll physics that they've been to on. Like, you get, like, whacked by, like, a, a bench or something, you go, like, flying about 10 miles back. So, that's quite fun. Um, story-wise, I'm quite intrigued by it. I'm, I want to be big about it, but essentially, Kiryu, for defending Kamurocho in 5, gets essentially done by the police. And they're like, right, you did uh, property damage and blah, blah, blah. Um, you're going to prison now for four years. So I was like, oh, great, that's great. Um, so this essentially starts where Kiryu comes back out. He goes back to his orphanage that he started in three. Um, and some news that he gets by going back essentially leads him back to Kamurocho and essentially trying to figure out what's happened. And like, since he's been in prison, Basically, the triad have like come into Kamurocho and started taking over parts of it. So now there's like a war between the Japanese and Chinese going on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so that's quite interesting. Um, so you like you you get introduced to some of the triad and you're basically like don't really care about you. I've got I'm like trying to figure out what's going off here and um, there's potential. Um, disdain between Kiryu and the Tojo clan now as well. So there's some going on there, um, and then you get some news while you're doing that to that leads you going over to um, Hiroshima. There's like a little town that you go into on the docks and stuff that you go now. So I've just gone to chapter five. Um, Kiryu's Started mingling with the local Yakuza. Not by choice, obviously. <laughs> mingling with the uh, local Yakuza. So, <laughs> yeah, just working out what's essentially going on there and, and trying to advance the, the story, really. So, again, enjoying my time with what's going on. I think I've, I've, I've been a bit more intrigued now that it's, it's solely focused on Kiryu now. So it's gone back to like the single protagonist and like the story around what's going on there. I think I'm I'm picking up a little bit better than I did with five. So we'll see what what goes on there. The the more I play and stuff. Um, 
trying to think uh, if there's any new stuff that they've added to as well, minigame-wise, because um, you can play like... Um, oh, what's the game? They've got like a... One of their arcade bike games that you can play in there that they've introduced in this one. Um, you've also got Outrun, obviously classic. Um, also the UFO catches, they call them, or we, we call oh, them yeah. like the claw games, I suppose. They're back. They're obviously fun and stuff. So. Can't be Yakuza game without them. No, no. Um, obviously your classic. Um, Bo Young, is it, as well? Mahjong. Mahjong, sorry. Still... I still don't know how to play that, even though it's in every Yakuza game. So, <laughs> like, I always try playing, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I think I'm just gonna stop. <laughs> so yeah. that that one where you got to match the tiles. I think so. Yeah, you the, you've got a, you get like a set yeah. of tiles that you match, and you can like different combinations and stuff. So, yeah. Going to continue my adventures with Kiryu, as always. Uh, one other game that obviously I was looking forward to that I started playing last time. Resident Evil 4 Remake. So come on, how long has that took you to complete it? Uh, it took me about... In one sitting. 25, 30 hours. Wow, that's not as bad as I thought. It is, it is the longest Resident Evil game. Is the original was known as being one of the longest as well, so I would say about the same compared to the original. Um, and I've absolutely loved my time with it, to no surprise to anyone. Um, loved the story, uh, loved the little changes they made compared to original. Um, I like how certain characters last a little longer while others. Maybe not used as much, but they keep more of a mystery to them, which I think is really good. Um, I think everyone did a fantastic job, voice actor-wise, because um, I know, unfortunately, there's been a bit of a backlash for Ada's voice character. I did hear about that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's She does stand out. Like I will say she's probably like the weakest part of the story but that's not a slight against her I do think she she does a good job of voicing Ada it's one of those where it's like you want the the original to kind of come back from the two remakes just so it keeps continuity mm. and like no one likes change yeah so I think she did a good job that's, that's just my being um yeah just loved everything about it um I do think so I think, if I was to compare the original, I think, so there's three sections to it. There's the village section, there's the castle section, and then there's the island section. I think from the original, I think the village is pro- was probably my favourite, just because of how um, mysterious it was, you know, the initial intrigue of, like, the Ganados, what's going on and stuff, and, like, the action piece, set pieces that are pretty good. Um, I think from the remake, I actually think, Maybe the castle is my favourite out of this one. Because I, I love how they've like redesigned the castle to be more like gothic horror. Um, and there's a few things that happen in there that I think change up a little bit. 
So like, there's one set piece where you have to fight this like armored Elgante that you never did in the original, and you have to like shoot it down with cannons and stuff and avoid it throwing debris at you from like. I I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, the maze as well. There's a there's a maze section where you have to fight. Um, the dogs in there. That's a bit more challenging in this one. Um, that I've enjoyed. Um, and I like the boss fights as well. I think the boss fights are a lot better in this one. Um, especially having changing up the. So you, in the original, you had like there's an infamous um, quick time event cutscene that you have with one of the characters, Krauser, where you have to like hit the buttons quick and you're doing like this knife duel with him in the original. Whereas in this one, they just make it into like a boss fight where you just have to fight him like knife to knife. It's just so much more enjoyable mm. doing it that way. Um, I think the, they keep the campy humor as well from the original, but kind of modernize it a little bit. Like certain things with the Ashley character, I think are, much improved in this one. Now I'm to mention that she's got ballistics um, from the original. I think it's a bad touch in, in 2023. <laughs> we don't need that kind of, I suppose, commentary anymore. And yeah, just just everything. Um, just absolutely enjoy it. So um, I did get a B ranking. So. Oh dear. Not the greatest, like S is what you want to aim for, but you know, I was taking my time exploring everything really. Um, so yeah, I think at some point I'm going to do the new game plus on it. Um, I think I'm going to up the difficulty as well, just to make it a little challenging, um, for myself. So what's your views on the, well, I don't even know if you heard about it, the news of the, uh, the microtransactions that they just introduced. You heard about this? I did do. Um, so yeah, so you can you can buy stuff to essentially power up your equipment mm. sooner. Released after the game released. It was. Um, I feel like Capcom being got sneaker. a bit of a history doing this. I don't know because it's one of those things. It's like it's there and you don't have to buy it. True. Like, it's well, really it summer for Nathan, you know, like one of those, <laughs> if you're struggling, here's some, here's a, some power-ups for you, and then <laughs> and it will make the game a little bit easier for you. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a bit sneaky doing it yes. after the game's come out. Yep. So, obviously, reviews that have come out can't obviously maybe take a point down or two for that introduction, but... They're not intrusive. They're not like in your face. You need to buy them. So, well, I think that's the key thing. Isn't it? I don't think that should inhibit the game in any way. It's just an option. No, I, I think I think if they were there at the start, I don't think there would be. Obviously, we'd be talking about it as as much. They introduced the mercenaries game mode as well recently. I'm not allowed to go over it yet, but from what I've heard, it's it's pretty good. So, um, definitely give that a go at some point. 
obviously there's rumours over um, added story DLC as well because Resident, the original Resident Evil 4 had um, added DLC in the form of um, a aid campaign so they're called separate ways and there was like part of the story of like you play through Resident Evil 4 through what Ada was doing throughout the whole thing basically um, and I think people might have picked upon it that like there's two um, certain monster characters that play as like a right hand men to um, Salazar and you normally in the original you see um, you fight one of them in a particular way that's actually completely cut in the remake but you don't you don't find out what actually happens to them you fight this other one that comes into the sewers after you in the remake um, and they're thinking that maybe this cut section will be introduced as part of this extra DLC for Ada so hopefully they'll they'll do that and you'll get to play as it as well. I imagine they would do. Um I think it's it seems quite likely, so definitely more resident before is not a bad thing. Um and probably my pick for game of the year at the moment. But there's so much more to come out this year that's mm. gonna be intention for that, so we'll see. Very good. Um and that's me. That's, that's what I've been playing. So, Nathan? Yes. So, just to continue the Yakuza hype train for just a bit longer. So, I've mulled it over and I've started playing Yakuza 0. So, that's what I'm going to start with. So, starting mm-hmm. with the 0, then obviously I'm going to move on to Kuami, Kuami 2, then the collection, then Yakuza 6. And then I'm going to skip 7, because I've already played it, or Yakuza Like a Dragon. And then (laughs) I'm going to play Ishin after that. So that's the the order. Well, where's Judgment? You're not going to do the Judgment games? Judgment I'll do after I've done Yakuza. Okay. Because they're separate, so I can do them later. I was speaking 10 years about that. (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, yeah, I started playing Nikuza Zero. It's, ah, <clears throat> excuse me, there's quite a difference between Nikuza 7 and Zero. Not just in gameplay, but in the protagonist, obviously, um, because we play as Kazuma Kiryu, which in my opinion, I'm probably going to rub some people the wrong way, is the second best protagonist of the Yakuza franchise. He's not as fun as... Ichiban is there are some similarities in terms of like their upbringing because obviously they're both orphans so there's some parallels there but Kiryu is just not as fun he's very stern I disagree I think he's very Uh, fun (laughs) I'm to be honest I'm starting to see some like joy come out of him but when I first saw him I was like blooming egg he's a bit of a hard ass (laughs) so just to give you a bit of a setting of the game, I know you two obviously know, but so it's set in 1988 in Camarocho, which is probably where most of the Yakuza games are. Um, and you play as Kazuma Kiryu, um, and he's part of the Yakuza, um, the Tojo clan. So when it begins, you you're doing a hit, well not even a hit, you're 
collected money for this businessman, in air quotes. <laughs> and um, so you rough this person up, uh, you take the money, um, you give it to this guy in a limo, and then later on that night, you find out that the person that you beat up's dead. And that doesn't reflect very kindly on the um, Yakuza. So, and it turns out that you've been framed, but you've got to try and clear your name. But in doing that, you've got to cut ties with the Yakuza. So you go to the head office, you meet all the lieutenants of the Yakuza clan, the Yakuza clan, the Tojo clan, and they're not happy with you in the slightest. Um, and then you've got to then go to the head of the clan in order for them to kind of release you from the clan. So before that, though, this is the first time that I've experienced the combat because I'm used to like a dragon's turn based combat, which is more RPG, where this one is you actually get to control how you kick the crap out of people, which is great. Loved it. Um <laughs> And you get a ton more money on this. I like, I, I don't know, but like, I was, well, I wasn't killing them, I was knocking them out. And I was getting about a million yen for each one. I'm like, blooming heck, I'm racking money up really quickly. No. But, but eventually you speak to this guy, um, and he opens up like your unlock system. And then you see some of those upgrades, you're like, blooming heck, I know where all this money's going to go. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but yeah, eventually, um, after a load of fights, you get to the point where one of the lieutenants, the the one that I don't like, released you from the clan. You meet the head of the clan, and then basically this lieutenant's been a bit shady, and the head of the clan gets him to cut his little finger off, which I think is um, fair. Just just to show like a a level of disgrace in that person, and for them to give some sort of blood sacrifice um but yeah that's roughly where i'm up to i've just been released from the clan and we need to find a way to clear our name but okay. yeah um i i have done the karaoke i, yes. I was i was terrible <laughs> even my best friend would like rip it on me because i was that bad at karaoke i, I mean yeah yeah, I am. <laughs> I got the worst rating possible. But I knew I'd be bad because I'm not very good at rhythm-based games. So, yeah, there is that. One one thing I've noticed that, do you know when you're follow, following somebody to somewhere, you've got to click, um, I think it's R2, and you'll follow along with them. I don't really like that. I'd rather do my own little exploring because it kind of like drags you into a certain direction. But that's just like a, a bit for me. And also everything's subbed, so there's nothing... Nothing's dubbed, so you can't just kind of chill out and listen to the dialogue. You've got to be intently watching it, which is, I mean, in a way it's good because it, it forces you to kind of keep up with the story, but is, yeah, I'm is not. That, is that because you just keep falling asleep? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so is, um, is in Yakuza Like a Dragon, is that, is there a way to, is there like saying dubbed? For dubbed? Yeah. Yeah, so oh, you can so have, you it, you can have it as Japanese or English. Yeah, I played it in I played it in English. I could never do that. It just won't work. Yeah. It just won't work for me. It I, I seem right. 
I don't care about the authenticity. <laughs> well, I care about right. the ease of the game. For me, anyway. I mean, I imagine there are there are. To be honest, playing it in English, there are some like dialogue points that are sound a bit weird in English that might come through better in Japanese. But yeah. Anyway. Oh, so um, you got to hear Kiryu's voice initially in English then? Yeah. Yeah. How how weird was it? Like once you got to hear like his, I suppose, his normal voice. <laughs> normal yeah. voice. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I did think it was quite strange to begin with, but yeah. I can imagine. I'm, I'm, I'm used I can to imagine it now. like hearing anything coming out of Kiryu and he's like normal voice, like. <laughs> but it was a bit jarring when I when I first heard it. I was like, this is not the guy I know. The guy that I didn't know from Like a Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, it's, it's good so far. Um, I've spent way too much time in the arcades. Um, I think I was telling oh, you yes, gotcha. yesterday that um, I, me and Lisa were playing together. We spent about an hour in the arcades on the grabber machine just trying to get all the prizes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which were quite good. I don't know. It's just addicting. Mm. Just changing up the prizes and going to try and get which ones you can. Um yeah just, yeah, just keep going up to the counter block and say, can you show you surprises? Yeah, that's it. Like, I've done everything. Come on, let's get it filled back up. Get it filled back up. Chop, um, chop. Yeah. And then I found one of these um, dirty cards in the corner of one of the arcades with a... Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a, a less than fully clothed lady. Well, you don't see anything, obviously, but it's... This is where it gives... Scantily dressed. This is where it gives away it's a Japanese game, isn't it? Yeah, just like <laughs> strange things like that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's why it's for 18. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, not just for the punching and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I've been told that they'll come into play a little bit later and there's a collector of sorts that will happily purchase the cards from you. So Collector slash pervert. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know why he can't just buy them himself. In a back but... alley. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, just to add to the as, CD as of it. <laughs> But, the um, thing is, there are also, also other CD things in the game. I'm sure I'll get to that. But, um, yeah, I just can't wait to play more of it, really, because I'm enjoying it so far. I'm, I'm kind of getting used to the subs and the interactions between the characters, because it it's suddenly more cutscenes than... Well, obviously, yeah. there's cutscenes in Like a Dragon, but it's kind of like... It's a bit less natural, because it loads into it. And the saving system... That's one thing, because in Like a Dragon, you can save it wherever you want. In Zero, you've got phone boxes. And I've yep. been told yep. that that happens for most of the Yakuza games, so I'm going to have to get used to that one. Yeah, I would say from... So it's in, it's in Zero, Kiwami. Kiwami 2 is similar to um, Like a Dragon, because it's on the mm-hmm. Dragon engine. But then from 3 up until 5 is also the... Phone boxes. It's not until six that it's the first time it reversed to where you can save away if you want. So yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, just cracking on with that, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll get through it, and then off to Kuami after that, I think. But yeah, I'm sure as I, I keep playing through it, Kiryu's um, like lighter side will show itself. I'll be interested once you get to um, chapter three what you'll think of uh, the other protagonist. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll get to that bit. Uh, so, 
yeah, that's about it for Yakuza 0. So the next game that I've been playing is, to be honest, it's a game that I didn't think I'd buy, but I saw it for a deal. I couldn't pass it up. It's The Last of Us Part 1. That game, again, I I had to give in and buy it. Why? Why? Because I wanted it in the sweet PS5 graphics and stuff. Yeah. But you played it. I know, and I'm playing it again. (laughs) Play again. Play the new games. Nah, it's been that long that it's like (laughs) playing it not for the first time, but it's it's like it's like revisiting an old friend. I'd say. Okay. Yeah. So I'm about an hour into that. We've just we've just met Ellie. We've just um, found that instead of well, Joel and Tess not. Set, like carrying cargo as such, it's, carry, it's taking a person to the fireflies. Um, so yeah, just getting into that side of it. It it does look really good though. Like I've I've found myself just walking around and just like looking at things because it, it does look fantastic. To be fair to it, I mean I know everyone had a outrage at the price, like seventy quid, like for a game that's been released twice before, but. They, they have put a, a lot into it, I'd say. It is, it is good. But, um, yeah, just to kind of... Yeah, o- hopefully this will reignite my want to watch the series because <laughs> I've just got to the end of episode four and I've not really watched anything else. So I might try and play the game along with watching the series and do it that, that way. So There's quite a few people I know that did that. They, like, they went through part one and like they stop once it gets, like, where the end of the episode stopped, so... Yeah. I think I might do that. So I think if I do that, then I'll be able to kind of more see the similarities and differences between them. Because it has been, probably at this stage, about ten years, nine, ten years since I played played it originally. It's been a long time, so... It came out in 2013. Mm. So, yeah, about ten yeah, years. Yeah, that's about right. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll get cracking on with that. And just another thing I want to mention. Um, so last weekend, I went to Comic-Con. But while we were there, I saw some gaming-related people. So I just want to tell you about my experiences that I had. So the first person that I saw was Stephen Ogg, mm-hmm. uh, the person that plays Trevor in GTA V. <laughs> now, that yeah. was a hoot. He was he he in top form. He was fantastic. Basically, if people came in late, I don't want to swear, but he's like, oh, FNL, you're late, get up them stairs. And um, someone were leaving to go to another panel, and she nearly fell down the stairs, and he was just proper ribbing on her. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, you can see, you could see his Trevor coming out. Um, and it was just nice to listen to his experiences, because it wasn't just about um, GTA 5. Obviously, he's been in The Walking Dead as well. So it was more about um, people asking questions about the industry, how he got into it, and that kind of thing. Um, and one of the things that we picked up on was he's, he's actually not a gamer by any stretch, and he's never played GTA V before. Wow. So never wow. even played the game that it was part of. It did it did tell us about one experience he had at another con, where basically someone had done a virtual reality version of Trevor, and they got him to try it out. And basically he tried it for about five minutes, got dizzy, and then said, oh, F this. <laughs> and that's like the extent of GTA 5 that he's actually played. 
Wow. So, but yeah, I used to I used to play like some Nintendo games when we were younger, like back in the eighties and stuff. But yeah, it's not not really a gamer at all. And we were just given the opportunity. We're like, yeah, let's do it. So yeah, that was cool. And then um, after that, directly after that, went into the Red Dead Redemption panel, which was quite interesting. Like I've I've not completed Red Dead, but I've obviously we played it online with with you guys. Um, and it was nice to listen to them and how warm they felt towards the fan base. Um, so there was um, there was the person that played Dutch and John Marston, um, and then there were a few other people there um, as well. But it was just nice because one thing that I got from them is that they really enjoyed like the stories about how the game had affected um, other people and gone mm. through dark situations. And like literally on in that panel, there was every other person was dressed up like a cowboy in the audience. It was great. <laughs> um, well, yeah, what I got from them is like just such a warmth that they've got for the franchise, and they do want a third game, but obviously, we'll we'll see if that ever happens. Because they did talk about it, and they were like, right, well, where do we go? Because I think the Red Dead Two is set in like the twenties, which kind of is like the very tail end of that way of life. Red Dead 2 is a prequel. No, I think it was still it's, it's in the 1800s, wasn't it? Towards the end of the 1800s. Well, the first Red Dead's towards the tail end of the, oh, yeah, okay. the Wild West. Yeah, the first one was like Red Dead 1917 or something like that. Yeah. Well, they did, yeah. well, they did say the only way that they could kind of foresee another one is that if they did like a more of a prequel style with a brand new character set because yeah. they feel that they told the story fully of the current characters. But, yeah, um, you kind of pigeonhole yourself with that kind of era. But yeah, it was nice to just listen to their stories and um, of like them creating that and working on it together, which was nice. So, yeah. But yeah, just a couple of stories there about Comic-Con. So, yeah. Lovely. Awesome. That's what I've been playing and listening to and watching. Well, speaking of watching, shall we just the thing we went and did yesterday? Yes, let's discuss. Apart from the drinking. Oh, we also <laughs> more drinking. <laughs> we also went to watch the Super Mario Brothers film. The, yep. the, yeah. Mm. What's your thoughts on that then? I really enjoyed it. I think we could all say it was definitely better than the first Super Mario Brothers film. Well, that well, doesn't well, take much, what? but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, mm. a lot of a lot of references and Easter eggs in there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Plot a bit thin. Yeah, well, I, won't, I uh, won't really expect a major plot from like a, a Mario yeah. film <laughs> anyway. Full, full, complex plot. <laughs> I didn't think he was... Because this was made by uh, Illumination. Obviously, they did yeah. the Minion films and mm. all that. And Despicable Me and that. I didn't think he was as funny as them. But it had its moments. Yeah, they, they had the humour in there. Especially with um, Lumily. That little mm, flame yes. star thing. That was hilarious. My favourite character, personally. Yeah. Speaks the truth. That's it. We're all doomed. Wave the sweet release of death. Yeah. 
After they stole the show, it's got to be Jack Black, though, isn't it? I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's Stole the show. He was really good. Yeah, enjoyed his performance as Bowser. Yeah. And his musical numbers. Mm. Preachers, 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 preachers. <laughs> so, let's get the elephant... No, that's wrong. Elephant in the room. Yeah, that's the way. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Chris Pratt as Mario. What do we think? Better than I thought it was going to be. Thought you did a good job. I had my doubts when I saw the first trailer, but um, yeah, you settle. You just settle into it and think you did a good job. This is exactly what I thought. I thought like, okay, for the first five minutes you're going to be like, what? And then you're just going to completely forget about it for the rest of the film. And that's exactly what happens. That was it, wasn't it? It was like. You could tell he's putting on a bit of a voice. Like, it wasn't just straight Chris Pratt. I do love the way they got around the whole voice thing, though. Like, pretending oh, yeah. for an advert yeah. at the start. Yeah, so they, yeah, they, so they started the film off with, like, they filmed, like, a, an advert for the Mario Brothers. And just play I'm, I'm pretty convinced that, like... Oh, do you think, was, do you think I, that was added I, afterwards? Maybe, yeah. There's, like, a cover. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. put this in. Um... I feel like it, for that part, I think the original Mario voice actor probably did that bit. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, it sounded pretty close to like Mario in the in the games, and then they were like, "Oh yeah," and like that was a pretty good voice that you put on there. <laughs> well, I was I was looking at some bit uh, Easter eggs afterwards, and um, he played the bloke, you know, because they were doing that cafe, aren't they, at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. And the bloke who plays does voice as Mario is the bloke on the arcade machine. Yeah, he's does the one who's dressed well. up like classic yes. Mario. He like yes. looks like classic Mario. And he's playing Jumpman. Yeah, he's playing Jumpman. Um, yeah. But he also voices Mario's dad in the film as well. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah, which is which is the part where I was like, I wonder if they've given this part because he, I've never heard him. Without the Mario voice, so I, was, I can never tell like <laughs> why she sounds like. Yeah. So, but that's good. That was nice that they gave him like a pretty yeah. decent part yeah. of the film. Yeah. Substantial bits. Yeah. Mm. I thought Charlie Day was good as uh, Luigi. Yeah, yeah, good. I thought he was pretty good. Um, Toad didn't get as much airtime as I thought he would. Airtime? <laughs> Make it sound like radio. <laughs> Screen time. Screen time. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I like Toad. I think, I don't know if I'd want him too much. Well, I thought he was pl- played pretty well, so. Princess Peach as well, I think. Yeah, I uh, was it? Yeah, she did pretty good. I, I liked the, um, the challenge. Are they, are they, are they badass? I think that's good though, isn't it? Oh yeah. They, like, they flipped on his head. Oh, we're not needing to save Peach. She can save herself pretty much. Yes. Yeah. What about Donkey Kong? Yeah, I think Seth Rogen did a great job with Donkey Kong. Thought you were hilarious. I just love the peck dance. <laughs> Good music in there as well. Mm, I did like that they had like the DK rap in there. Oh, the slight criticism there in the credits that the original composer doesn't get anything about it. Mm. What's that about? Yeah. It's like the only omission in the music credits. Yeah. Was like, we don't know who strange. made this. It's just it was from Donkey Kong '64. Plenty of uh, licensed music in there as well. Which I don't mm. know if they. I, just, 
Some moments it worked, other times I don't think it did. It's like take on me. I don't understand that. Yeah, but. I thought that was a bit of a strange for the little cart section. Just Nintendo throwing the money around. It's like, I'll Probably, have that yeah. track. We don't know what else to put in here. We'll just throw in there. Yeah. That's it. Animation, I thought, was beautiful. I yeah. I, I liked all the little different set pieces that they did. Like the... I like the, the, the wedding section uh, when Peach is, like, flying all the enemies back in Bowser. I thought that was pretty good. I just really like the, the simple graphics. Really. It's like... Um, I, I just always noticed, like, the, the, the individual stitches... Things on Mario's hat, you mm. can really see it. it. Just looked wonderful. Yeah, you can tell they put a lot of lot of love into it. Mm. I was just say we went to see this on the IMAX as well, so yeah. you got a massive yellow screen. Yeah, <laughs> to every fibre of Mario's moustache. Oh, Luigi's. And, and, yeah, <laughs> Luigi's when it gets pulled. Yeah, pulled. yeah, I felt that. <laughs> But where do we think it stands in the pantheon of uh, video game films? Uh? I'd say it's comfortably in the top ten. I mean, I thought, that's not thought, saying much, but... Yeah. I thought it was fine. I, thought, I didn't think it was great, but it was fine. But that's mainly down to that's plot. More, but I don't yeah. think you can really do much with plot in a Mario film, really. But I do, I do like the it's, fact that... It, it, I do like the fact it was relatively short. Like an hour and a half. Snap. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, 90 minutes. Yeah, there's no real fluff. Yeah. Filler pieces, were they? So. They just got straight to the point. Which is I mean, yeah. I mean, it was full of Easter eggs and, well, it's very apt for when it's released, isn't it? Yeah. I liked it at the end when um, Mario and Luigi worked together. Because I think they could have more focused on Mario, like, saving everybody. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. But it was good that they focused on. Well, obviously, the brothers. <laughs> so. Yeah, I did like the all the different references to the different games and stuff. Because I feel like that, that end part when they're holding hands running through, I think that's from like one of the RPG games on um, DS, I think. So, that was cool. Oh, and then when um, Mario gets validation from his dad, I thought that was nice as well. Because he wasn't too nice to him at the start of the film. <laughs> not believing in his dream. But saying that, when they were all eating around the dinner table, the pasta did look pretty tasty. Mm. <laughs> Even though he doesn't like mushrooms, but they can forgive him for that. Yeah, yeah. I like that little detail that he doesn't like mushrooms. Like, yeah. all the power-ups like mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why does it always have to be mushrooms? I can relate. I don't like mushrooms either, so... No, I don't either. Actually, I do want to pick up on one inaccuracy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> With him punching the brick rather than headbutting it. Yeah. No. Yeah. What was going on there? I was validated for that. Nah. I remember when when they, when they first did it, you seen the Toads do it. They all like said, "You're like, look, look, see, they punch it." <laughs> but now nah, they're gonna. You're like, no, Mario headbutts. No, everyone punches them. Nah. It's punching. I I agree though. Inaccuracy. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. They're all wrong. But anyway, yeah, that seems fine. I think I would have it in top five video game films. Just because it's such a low bar. Well, it's such a low bar. Like, I would probably have... I mean, the Sonic films are going to be up there. Yeah. 
Detective Pikachu. Detective Pikachu, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Do you know what? I really like the original well, Mortal maybe, Kombat film. I used to watch that all the time. Like maybe the original Mortal Kombat as well are probably up there, even though like they're Kemp. <laughs> Did you ever watch the last Mortal Kombat film? The most recent? Film, yeah, the one for a couple of years ago. No, I've not seen that one. It's not very good. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> you can pick them all apart. You know, Prince of Persia wasn't that good. Assassin's Creed wasn't that good. I don't know what happened with The Rock's Rampage, whether that was good or not. That was okay. But, you know, it's, if it's got The Rock in it, you know where it's going to go. It's just going to be action set piece. Which is pretty and then, much you know, he's, he's, you know, he's doing what? The next, the, the new Call of Duty film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that is. Generic war shooty shooter. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's not it's not high bar to get to, is it? Really? Do you know what gaming film I really enjoyed? Pixels. I liked that one. I know it's on basic video that got game. Slaughtered. I liked it. Especially when the creator of Pac Man got his hand bit off by Pac Man. Yeah. Because he's like my sweet boy and then he's like Kill this thing! <laughs> I honestly can't stand Adam Sandler films. His early stuff, I'll give him, work, is funny. I was going to say, Water what Water about, Water what about Happy Gilmore? I, I enjoy Happy Gilmore. I liked uh, Waterboy. Um, what's that one that he's looking after a, a kid? I forget that one. Uh, he's looking after Big a child. Daddy? Maybe not Big Daddy. Um, um, but... I like that, but then like some of his later stuff. Like I watched. Um, yeah, it's Big Daddy. No, I mean, no, I'm going no. off topic here, very largely. But <laughs> I watched. Uh, was it Murder Mystery on Netflix? Is it a comedy? It's meant to be a comedy with. Um, I think he's better. In Jennifer he's, Anderson. I think he's better when he's got his serious roles. Didn't he play um, a fairly like, serious role? It's like a sleep. pawnbroker or something, and it was quite good. Uncut Gems. Maybe. Uncut Gems. Maybe it's one of those things like maybe I, I need to watch some of his more serious stuff. I feel like his his later comedy is like really dropped off. I think it all follows a similar similar formula though. His more recent stuff. little um, little Nicky as well is that that's why isn't it? One of his earlier ones. Anyway, but yeah, no, that, that, topic, about. So. <laughs> that concludes the Adam Sandler <laughs> segment. Probably in my mind, probably the best video game related film is Free Guy. You think? Yeah, I really? I absolutely loved it. I thought Free Guy was brilliant to me. I liked it as well. I think I think I watched it three times in cinema. I've seen it twice in cinema. Once was enough for me. <laughs> you don't like I'm it? Not, I'm not saying it, no, I'm not saying it was bad, but I didn't think it was that good. I think what, I what made it, it good was all the pop culture add-ins, it, add, additions it had. I, I definitely so. I made the, the end. Story, I think got... the story is like pretty good for a video game film. Well, there you go. So if you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post the Hall of Fame. Also, feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya.